If you don't know me, my name is Jamie Moore. I, ser I serve as co-senior pastor here. Uh, if you are online, we're glad that you're here joining us in worship. We have a very exciting Sunday this morning. We have baptism. Uh, yes. We also have Palm Sunday. So I just want to make sure that everyone has access to a palm frond. And if you're online, we sent some instructions about kind of building your own sort of origami, uh, you know, palm frond. So if you just make sure that you have those out as well, um, Dennis will give a little bit more instruction uh, towards the end of the service about what we're going to do with these. But right now, I just want to make sure everyone's got one because it is Palm Sunday this morning. And on Palm Sunday, we celebrate and we remember the last week of Jesus' life when he was here on the earth prior to his crucifixion and his resurrection. And so I'm going to read uh, the scriptures that tell us about this day, Palm Sunday. And we're going to all do a little bit of Hosanna together with our palm fronds. That sound good? That didn't sound too inspiring. Does that sound good? So just a quick word. Hosanna, interestingly, I'm not going to nerd out on you too much, but let, I just wanted you to say this. Hosanna, interestingly, means multiple different things for multiple different people whenever they say it. For some, the word Hosanna literally means God save us. And it has that feeling of, you ever been in those moments where you're really hurting and you feel a lot of pressure, maybe a lot of anxiety and discouragement, and, and you almost, all you can say is, God save me. Hosanna has that kind of flavor to it. Save us, O oh God, we pray. Hosanna. It also has a joyful, celebratory, we win kind of feel as well. God, you are awesome. You are the Savior. So when Jesus is riding on a donkey down into Jerusalem, there was great expectation because they saw Jesus and they're like, this is the guy who's going to make everything right. But there were others also at the same time thinking, I really hope he does because things are not good in my life. So we're going to say Hosanna, but I want to give you freedom. You may be thinking, I'm not ready to just cheer Hosanna. It's more of a prayer of, God, please save me in this situation. While some of us may be ready to cheer, others of us may be ready to intercede and ask God to bring breakthrough. So here's the passage. This is Mark Chapter 11. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem, to Bethpage and Bethany, at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples. And he said to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately, as you enter it, you will find a colt tied, on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Say, the Lord has need of it, and they will send it back here immediately. And they went away and found a colt tied at a door outside in the street, and they untied it. And some of those standing there said to them, What are you doing untying that colt? And they told them what Jesus had said, and they let them go. And they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. And many spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut from the fields, palm branches. 
And those who went before and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna. Everyone say that. Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. Say that. Hosanna in the highest. And he entered Jerusalem and he went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything, as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. So on this day, there is a lot of expectation. What's Jesus going to do? Why is he showing up to Jerusalem? Why is he on a donkey? <laughs> right? There's a lot of expectation. And I'm just going to speak frankly, personally. The staff have a lot of expectation for what God is doing in this season of our church. Baptism is a symbol, yes. It's also a starting point where God encounters his people in the water. The symbolism of dying with Christ and being raised again. So I have great expectation for what God is going to do. Not just today, but next week and the week after, and the week after, and the week after, because we have a king who has triumphed over the grave. So I encourage you to experience today with great expectation, both Hosanna as a cheer, but also Hosanna, God, would you save us? Save me in this moment. So let me pray for us, and then I'm gonna invite our baptismal candidates to come on up, and uh, they're gonna share testimony uh, prior to baptism. So let me pray, and then we'll have our candidates come up. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you created us for relationship with you. And we thank you that even when we rebelled against you and walked away from you and said, no, we don't want relationship with you, you came down to save us. That you were willing to come to be sent. Jesus, you were sent to save us. So Jesus, we honor you here in this place. The reason we gather, the reason we sing, the reason we listen and engage with one another and with you is because Jesus, you have died for us on the cross and you were raised on the third day victorious over our sin and rebellion and death. And we give this service to you. And we ask that you would come, Holy Spirit, and fill this place. And as we celebrate baptism, Father, I ask that you would awaken in us new life. And we pray for these who are being baptized. Holy Spirit, that you would bring fire and zeal for you upon their life. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're a candidate for baptism, would you just come on up, and we're just going to line up right across the front, right up here. If you're getting baptized, come on up. Don't be shy. Okay, so a tradition that we have here is that when someone is going to be baptized, we just want to hear testimony from them. Why are they being baptized? So I'm just going to give each of these folks, just if you'll say your name and then why you're being baptized. That's what, that's what we'll share right now. And I'll try to stay out of the way so people can film 
and see what's going on, okay? Let's start with Micah. Share your name and why you want to be baptized. I'm Micah, and I want to be baptized because I want God to start speaking to me, and I want his help with a lot of things. Awesome, 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 awesome. Bless you, bless you, bless you. All right, Ellie. My name's Ellie, and I want to get baptized to completely devote my life to Jesus. Awesome. Awesome. Bless you. All right. This is Lee. If you'll just share your name and why you want to be baptized. Uh, my name is Lee. Uh, it's a long story. <laughs> I'll make it short. Um, I was uh, born and raised in a different country. For 28 years, I never heard of Jesus. Um, when I was a kid, like his age, I was always afraid of death. I don't know where I'm going if I died. And at night, I would cover my face with my blanket and worried. And for all those years, I lived in this planet, do everything else um, as other people. I go to school, I make friends, I um, overcome challenges, um, trying to find romantic love, um, get hurt, get encouraged, everything. I have no idea what was my purpose on earth. I have no idea until um, uh, years later when I was in this country and someone helped me to get to know the Lord. Uh, I came to a believer uh, in 2019, uh, 2018 December and never felt ready to be baptized. I never felt the moment that I wanted to fully, wholly give myself up to the Lord until I met my husband. Uh, back then was my uh, boyfriend. And the first day he told me, uh, I wanted to, to invite Jesus into our relationship. From day one, it will be you, me, and Jesus. I have no idea what it means, uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> and then afterwards, he actually brought me closer to the Lord. I'm very grateful I can live a life with him and with the Lord in our house. Um, in the past 10 months, we were together. We've been married for um, three months a little more than three months. And every day I say how the Lord is working on us, on our heart. And I want to be baptized at this moment. I feel I was joy to the Lord, and I wanted to spread the good news to others who were in the dark like I was years ago, and to be part of the family and to glorify the Lord. All right, Teresa. Today, I'm, I'm Teresa, and most of you know that I've been here before, but I want to be re-baptized today as a sign of devotion. In 2019, when I came to MCC, I was immersed as um, a sign of obedience to, to Christ and through what Scripture says. Um, last month, I shared that I was born with a detached esophagus and that um, I had to have 24-7 care for the first six months of my life, and I was baptized in the hospital um, at two days old because my parents thought I was going to die. Even though I've known of God's presence in, in my thoughts, in my, my head, and in my life, my heart has been detached just like my esophagus has been, not really connecting with God and not believing the things about me that God says about me, and even doubting my salvation. 
So during COVID, God began a work in my heart um, through devotional soul care, Bible study. Um, he revealed many things about his character, the lies that I believed about his character, and the lies about myself. And that I do have a personal redemption story, that he has saved me. Psalm 51.10 says, Create in me a clean heart, O Lord. Renew a loyal spirit within me. So today I want to rededicate my life to Christ and to acknowledge the new birth that he has started in my heart. All right, we got Stan. Brothers and sisters of uh, Marymount Community Church, I just want to say since uh, we've been coming here to Marymount for a few months now, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has absolutely captured my heart with the powerful and spirit-led ministry of our pastors, Dennis and Jamie. And uh, so I want to share a little bit about how God has been working in my life in the last uh, three weeks, actually, to bring me to the point of actually wanting to be baptized again. And um, so it began about three weeks ago. I inquired about a testimony that Donna Painter gave a while back. In fact, I shared briefly that day also. Um, uh, but she shared about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that is something that triggered a desire within my heart. And so as I began to inquire about that, Pastor Dennis uh, shared with me a Bible study, a personal Bible study on the Holy Spirit. And as I began to work through that Bible study, um, uh, Dennis and Jamie were sharing with me how to listen to the inner voice of the Holy Spirit. And so I took a couple of steps of obedience in that, but very soon, very soon, the Holy Spirit pointed out that things weren't all right within my heart, that there were parts of my life that I was keeping control of and hadn't yielded up to him. And uh, uh, De uh, Dennis, Jamie, <laughs> shared so clearly last week how we can uh, get on with the business of our life and we try to incorporate God as part of that instead of letting him be the manager of it. And so here's how it happened. Um, an old man at the end of his days said these words to his son. My son Solomon, know the God of your father. Serve him with a whole heart and a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and he understands every thought and every plan. If you seek him, he will be found by you. So it was like the Holy Spirit was saying to me, what part of whole don't you understand? And uh, 
when Jamie was shared, laid out all of those things last week, God had already done his work in my heart at that time. And so I was just saying, yes, yes, that's, that's how it was. And uh, it just came to me that Jesus is looking for people whose hearts are wholly devoted to him. Jamie explained to us very clearly that the word serving is God's language for worship. And so Jesus is looking for people whose hearts are wholly devoted to him, and my heart had not always been like that. And when Jesus finds somebody like that, those are the ones he chooses to reveal himself to. That's kind of the message now that verse took on a whole new meaning to me. And you can memorize Bible passages. They are encouraging, inspiring, but sometimes they don't really hit their full meaning until something like this happens in your life. And so I just have to say I started to take inventory of the areas of my life that weren't yielded up to God and to use Jamie's imagery, there was a little idle burning session going on. And now to pick up on Pastor Dennis's image from a couple of weeks ago, God takes our ashes and turns them into beauty. And he explains so clearly the same thing that Jamie did. The difference between a little gospel and a big gospel. And that uh, kind of hit home to me. That was all at the time when that was taking place within my life. And he said something to the fact that he wants the whole so that he can transform you into what he wants you to be. And um, so that is what happened. He laid, um, ended that service to us with a, a verse that said, uh, we all with unveiled faces behold the glory of the Lord and that glory is going to come into our lives so that we can reflect it back to others. And so that is what happened. And so I was paraphrasing that verse a little bit, but anyhow, that's what happened, and it was, um, I've had times in the past of committing my life to Christ again, but somehow this felt different to me, and I feel like I got a glimpse of God's glory into my life, and if I ever get to the point of not wanting more of it, then that'll be a sign to me that a veil has gone up. So I need to guard my heart. And the first step on that is to get baptized and confirm in my life what he's done for me. That's good. That's good. So because we're family here uh, and we've heard these testimonies, let's pray for these. How does that sound? 
And if you feel comfortable, why don't you extend your hand towards these? And let's just pray for them. Father, we rejoice in what you are doing. And we say thank you. That you are a good father. And you know exactly how to reveal yourself to us and what to reveal to us at just the right time. Whether we are in our first decade or in multiple decades, you know exactly how to speak to us. And I bless these. I bless them with more of your presence. I bless them with an increase in their understanding, both in their mind and in their heart, of your great love for them. And Father, we thank you for this great symbol of baptism. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come and fill these waters with your glory and presence. And I bless these that they would die well in the water. And that they would indeed experience new life. So we thank you for these, and we bless them. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, guys. Y'all can head on back. Okay. We're going to transition now, and then Dennis is going to come and share on the next attribute, the missional God. Good morning, everyone. Would you uh, turn in your Bibles to John chapter 20, verse 21? And while you're doing that, uh, please pray with me. Jesus, we give you this time. You are astonishing in every way. You strike us out of our selfishness. You amaze us. You knock us off our feet. We are in awe and wonder, Lord. You heal. You raise the dead. You walk on water. You command the wind and the waves. You cast out demons. You wither fig trees. You stump the experts. You order fish to fill nets. You feed 5,000 with a few loaves. You teach as one with authority. We bow before you. Come astonish us today with your presence. I ask in Jesus' name. And the church agreed and said, Amen. Amen. Well, Palm Sunday, we are continuing our series astonished and we are dealing with the missional god the missional god the picture of jesus riding a donkey into jerusalem on palm sunday is the ultimate expression of the missional god it is a one man seal team coming into enemy territory to bring liberation and freedom and good news to release us from sin. And Jesus rides into Jerusalem exactly as Zechariah prophesied in Zechariah chapter 9. He came in on a donkey. Why did he come in on a donkey? Because that is the symbol of peace. In Revelation 19, when he comes back the second time, he will come on a white horse. That is the symbol of war. But this time, he comes in on a donkey as a symbol of peace. He comes in precisely the right moment that the prophet Daniel prophesied 
in that he would come in the 69th seven after the decree to rebuild Jerusalem, which was precisely the year and the month when Jesus walked into Jerusalem. He fulfilled all of the prophetic words about him from Micah being born in uh, Bethlehem to Isaiah. And he is walking into Jerusalem, riding into Jerusalem on this donkey. And according to the Gospel of John, which we're in today, he was the day before in Bethany. And he was anointed by Mary with the jar of nard that I referred to a couple of weeks ago. One year's worth. And you can imagine the sights of the people of Jerusalem waving their palm fronds, shouting Hosanna, the donkey, the people laying their coats down, and Jesus with a year's worth of perfume on him. Imagine the sights and sounds and smells when we talk about walking in the aroma of Christ. This is one of those little pictures of him coming in anointed uh, for burial. And today, uh, we are experiencing Jesus afresh walking in to this room. He is with us right now, walking in to our hearts and to our lives. And these baptismal testimonies we've heard paint the picture of what it means to walk with Christ. And he's come today uh, with a purpose, because he is on a mission. And so my prayer is that Jesus will walk into your heart in these next several moments that we are together, that he will stir in your heart the passion and the privilege of knowing him, of walking with him, of being wholeheartedly surrendered to him. And this is the moment of fresh wonder and fresh revelation that we've been praying for all week together as a staff before we've come in today. And let me just declare, he is your king, church. He is my king. And he's here on a mission to grab hold of your heart and to lead you to be with him in the fragrance of Christ, in the aroma of Christ, those that will walk with him. Yes, he's bringing salvation. He is answering the prayer of Hosanna. But he's also bringing consecration, which we will see in these baptisms. But he's going to do that as well to each and every one of us as we reflect on the testimonies we just heard. And we ask the question, where is my heart today? Where am I right at this moment? And he's going to speak to some of you today. And some of you haven't been baptized. And we have lots of clothing here from the family shop for, and towels. So there's no reason that if God speaks to you in this moment, in this morning, that you get up, Go see Mark Symes, and you get ready to be baptized. And more so than that, he's wanting to give you a kingdom assignment today. 
Because the big idea of my message this morning is not just that Jesus brings salvation, that he answers the prayer of Hosanna from the most humble, broken heart to the most joyful, expectant heart. He also did more than that. He called us to be his ambassadors and to leave here today refreshed and renewed in our mission to be ambassadors for Christ. Every moment of every day from this point on. And that is the work of the missional God. So let me summarize the big idea. As I just said, Jesus did more than save us from sin to eternal life. But he actually calls us to emigrate from the kingdom of Satan into the kingdom of God. And in that, he makes us ambassadors for his kingdom so the whole world can know about him. When David swung his, his sling and threw that stone at Goliath and killed the giant, what did he say before he went on the battlefield? He said, I'm going on to this battlefield so that the world may know there is a God in Israel and he is the only true God that, that the world may know. That should be our mindset, that the world may know and love our king. So let's read the text this morning. It's John chapter 20, verses 21 to 23. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. And if you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, this morning's message is in four parts. The first part is, Peace be with you as the Father has sent me. The Father sent Jesus to bring us into the shalom of the royal family of heaven, the kingdom of God. Point number one. Point number two, I am sending you. So we are being sent by Jesus to bring this family shalom as ambassadors. It would be as if President Biden walked in the room today and pointed at you and said, I want you to be the ambassador of the United States to the United Nations. You would think, wow, that's pretty awesome. Well, what the King of Heaven is saying is, I'm appointing you and you and you and you and you and you and you to be the ambassadors of the Son of God and the Kingdom of God. And then he says, receive the Holy Spirit as he breathes on them. And like Jesus was sent in the power of the Spirit, Jesus is sending us in the power of the Spirit just as he is in this particular scene, he is letting the disciples know they're not going to get the Holy Spirit right in this second in John 20. This is just before he ascends into heaven. He's letting them know, when you hear that, that's when you're going to receive the Holy Spirit. He's training them and preparing them for when they're going to hear the Holy Spirit. And then he tells them, 
that the mission is for keeps. If you go, people will hear the gospel, they will be saved from, forgiven from their sins, and they will be brought into the kingdom of God. And if you don't go, and you don't share the gospel, they will die in their sins, and they'll be lost for all eternity. And so it is a mission for keeps. So let's dive in. Part one. The Father sends Jesus to bring us into the family Shalom. This is uh, the missional nature of God. And we need to see that the triune God that we've studied, it's not just Jesus on mission. They're all on mission. It's part of their DNA. They're so glorious and perfect together, so holy, so awesome, that they want more of their creatures to be part of their family. So the Father sent Adam. He sent Eve. He sent Noah, Abraham, Moses, Isaiah, all the prophets. He called Mary and sent her, and he sent Jesus himself. The Father is always on mission. And so is the Son. Jesus sends the twelve, the seventy. He, he even sends the demoniac who's been living in tombs and just miserable. He's, he says, I want to follow you. He says, you stay here and you tell your people what Jesus has done for you. You know the demoniac that had so many demons in him, they went into a herd of pigs and they ran down into the water? That was over in the Decapolis on the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And the next time Jesus was in the Decapolis, he fed 4,000. Where did those 4,000 come from? They came from that guy who was healed by Jesus. He did his job. He fulfilled his mission. And they were all brought together and fed by Jesus himself. And the Spirit is missional. The Spirit is all about sending people. And every single one of you who have not realized you've been called to be ambassadors, you've maybe thought that's the pastor's job, that's the elder's job, that's somebody else's job. If it's not occurred to you that you are an ambassador before, at the end of this message, as we go into worship, I'm going to have you stand at the end of the service, actually. And those that want to be commissioned as ambassadors, I'm going to pray over you that you leave here today. And this is the last, the last day that you never thought of yourself as an ambassador. And that you leave here today saying, I'm an ambassador of the King of Heaven. Amen? Now these three triune, this triune God, these three persons of the Trinity are on mission. And this is what Dallas Willard called the divine conspiracy. Because they are working together to take each and every one of us and to draw us deeper into the kingdom of God, to draw us deeper into the ways of Christ, and to bring us into the fullness and the perfection that we were created for, but which we opposed. 
And so we're, we're being made right. In Luke 19, Jesus comes into Jericho just before he comes into Jerusalem. And he exemplifies the mission as he cuts across race and status and hatred and bigotry uh, and greed. And he calls little Zacchaeus, the hated Jewish person who collected taxes for Rome and stole money while doing that. And he calls Zacchaeus. He invites himself to Zacchaeus' house. And we find out later in the story that Zacchaeus is going to give half his wealth to the poor. And he's going to repay four times any, any money he's stolen from other people. And Jesus says, salvation has come to this house. And then he says this, because the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. I came for the rich, I came for the poor. I came for the lovely, and I came for the unlovely. He came for each and every one of us. And he says of Zacchaeus, and by the way, Zacchaeus' mother was a prophet. Because the, the name Zacchaeus means not guilty. Not guilty. So she knew what she was doing. And shortly after this, he rides into Jerusalem in the passage Jamie read earlier. And he says, uh, his first response is to cry. And he says, because you missed the moment of God's visitation. You know, we do this all the time. We miss God all the time. Last week, Jamie prophesied that the Lord was going to speak to you this week. Did you miss it? Did anybody hear from the Lord? Okay, we have one. Jamie, let's find out what Isabella heard from the Lord. We got two more back here. Let's come and, and listen Because these three didn't miss. Yeah. Um, so, as of a few months ago, um, Jada was one of my closest friends. Um, and after I lost her, I was, if I'm being honest, very angry with God um, for not healing her um, from depression and taking her away um, from the church and from me and her family. Um, and it sent me on a rabbit hole of just being frustrated and even just angry at God. Um, and then yeah, yesterday, um, I was just thinking about it. And he just said, you know, I still love you. And I've been here all along. Um, and I want to be with you, um, despite everything that's happened. Like, I'm not mad at you. Um, and that I'm still here. Amen. That's a sweet comfort to receive from the Lord when things are really, really, really bad. We've got uh, over here, Naj and uh, Krista. Well, um, 
I am um, aging, as we all will, and um, I didn't spend a lot of time in my early life preparing for retirement. I wasn't taught how to handle money. And I found myself in a really um, bad situation, and I started to worry a lot. I have a decent job, and I have some retirement there, but I'm really not ready for retirement. So I heard God speak loudly to me, and, um, and I shared this with Scott on Wednesday um, in, in intercessory prayer, Scott and Krista. But I, I heard God speak loudly to me, start your business. I said, God, I'm 59 and a half years old. How am I going to start a business? How? Well, God said, use what you got. And I just, God gave me the most brilliant business plan and gave me a person to write my LLC. And I've already got five clients I've worked this week. My business is called Najee's Household Management Solutions. God said you love to cook, you love to organize, you love to keep things tidy, neat, and clean. There are a lot of families that could use your services. And my daughter-in-law, who is a social worker, hired me first, and then three of her friends hired me. I worked 10 hours this week and made $250. And I had five clients to interview. So I want you all to pray for my, my business mm. and the success of it. God just gave it to me right out of the blue. I set up and wrote it out, put it out there, and it is just, it's, it's almost scary. Because I said, God, what am I going to do with all this? But I have friends and sisters who said, Nodge, we'll help you. So please pray for me as I, as I uh, chase, you know, not chase, but just be obedient to what Amen. God has given me. Uh, so one of my, um, uh, a scripture that I uh, didn't understand was when um, Paul sought the Lord three times about the thorn in his flesh. And, and God says to him, my grace is sufficient for you. And I always thought that scripture to mean something like, well, um, uh, you'll do the best that you have to do the best with, that you can. Not, I always thought of the word of sufficient as meaning uh, j just barely good enough. And um, God spoke to me um, yesterday about this word sufficient. And it is about the grace of God, and it's a powerful word. And it means um, that you're just thoroughly equipped with everything that you need. And it's in Christ. And so uh, that was the word that I had. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. <clears throat> and I love Micah's testimony this morning because he wants God to speak to him. I mean, that's the difference between walking with Jesus and any other thing on earth that calls itself religion. Because he is the king and he wants us to hear his voice. And this is how we know. And he will speak to us because he came to seek and save. And be open. Do not miss what he wants to do. The Jews missed him coming into Jerusalem, but Zacchaeus did not because he was hungry. Stay hungry. All right, part two. 
King Jesus doesn't just stop at seeking and saving the lost because he sends us as ambassadors. Now, let me show you how central this thing is to Jesus, this idea of sending us on mission. Most of us are familiar with the Great Commission, right? The Great Commission, Matthew 28, go and make disciples of all nations. Well, Jesus actually speaks seven Great Commissions in the Bible. They're listed right here. I don't have time to go into them, but take a picture of this screen. Take a picture. This is important to Jesus. He actually gives a great commission seven different ways. And he's always saying the very same thing with slight nuances, but this is his heart. This is the focus for our missional God. This is the video that we saw earlier. That's the main idea of the video. Jesus did not tell us to build churches. He actually said that was his job. I will build my church. What he told us to do is go and make disciples. Go and share who I am with people in your life, your family, your children. I love the parents in this church because you are raising spiritual warriors. You are exposing them to a God-centered home, and that's so good for them. And they will learn to obey you, and then they will learn to obey the Lord. That is priceless, priceless work. That's part of the Great Commission. But also neighbors and co-workers and extended family members, that is the call that we have. And Jesus says it this way, or Paul says it this way, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God is making his appeal through us. It's our lives that are shining for him, and it's us who say to our friends and people we love, if we are motivated by love, we will implore them to be reconciled to God. We will implore them to be reconciled to God. Now, have you done that? Are you in a place where you realize that's your job? Are you committing today that this is what you're going to be about? Will you implore your friends to be reconciled to God? And do you feel like an ambassador? And if you don't feel like an ambassador, then you're missing God's truth. Now, why might you not feel like an ambassador? Well, that's part three. Part three is that Jesus sends them and tells them to receive the Holy Spirit. Right? Well, maybe because you don't have the Holy Spirit's power, you do not experience the joy and the fullness of who he is. Maybe you're not hearing his voice. Then, of course, it would be preposterous to be his ambassador, wouldn't it? But the truth of Scripture is that you are an ambassador, and it is your business to figure out what that means. And how you're going to do that personally in your life, in your world, with your friends, 
and so forth. And so why don't we have the power of the Holy Spirit? We've heard it in the testimonies today. Sin, disobedience, part of our life is not committed to Jesus Christ. Unbelief, ignorance. It's very simple. Repent and commit ourselves to obey. Repent simply means turn from that and commit ourselves to obey. At the baptism of Jesus, when he came out of the water, the dove came down and landed on him. The Holy Spirit filled him. And the Father said, This is my Son, whom I love, with whom I'm well pleased. The same thing is true of you. You are, as a child of Christ, you are the son and daughter that the Father loves. You are one that pleases Him. And He does that not because of your behavior over the last week, but because of the behavior of His Son. You've inherited what the Son has earned for you. So you are His ambassador. You are. And in the water, Jesus was empowered. And when we have baptisms during worship now, we're going to be praying for them to have the Jesus experience in the water. That their sin is washed away. That they are buried. Their funeral is today. The funeral of the old man is going under the water, buried with Christ. And when they come out, they come out in resurrection power, and we pray for them to be baptized in the Holy Spirit because they've now fulfilled all of the requirements of receiving the Holy Spirit. Repent, believe, be baptized in water, and receive the Holy Spirit. That's the pattern in the book of Acts, and that's what we're going to see today in the pool. Jesus himself, in one of his seven great commissions, says, but you, they asked about Israel, and are you going to get rid of these pesky Romans? And he said, no, that time of that, that's up to the Father. But let me tell you, and he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. That word power there is the Greek dunamis, which is where we get the word dynamite. You will receive dynamite power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Why? For you to be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, which does include Cincinnati and it does include Marymount, and it does include all the surrounding neighborhoods. So this is, this is the call, this is the, the, the purpose of Jesus. Now, he wants us to rely on his power, not on human wisdom. That's why when we baptize people, when we pray and for the filling of the Holy Spirit, for the baptism of the Spirit, the only person who can answer that prayer is God Almighty Himself. And He will fill that person who has met those criteria with His Spirit. He promises that in the book of Acts. So what prompts this power? Well, we've said repenting, believing, baptism. We've, we've also talked about love, the motive of love. If we love those around us, we're going to bring the message of the kingdom to them. It's, it's, a, it's a love motivation. Oh my gosh, I implore you, be reconciled to God. Do not spend 
eternity in the kingdom of Satan. It is miserable. Come into the kingdom of the king. Now there's one other way to release the movement of the Holy Spirit, and that is through generosity. You saw what happened with Zacchaeus, and you've seen what's happened in this church over and over, testimony after testimony after testimony, that generosity pleases the Lord because it is who he is. Paul in 2 Corinthians 8 says that offerings are a test of our love. Two weeks ago, we announced gifts of $100,000 to 13 different ministry opportunities with our partners. Today, we're doing a special offering for missions. We're hoping that everybody will participate at some level. The size of the gift does not matter. We'd like to be able to tell our mission partners that the whole church got involved in this thing. We already have commitments for $10,000 of matching gifts. So the first $10,000 that will be given today will be matched. And therefore, whatever you decide to give will be doubled up until that level. Uh, so you've, you've been asked to prayerfully consider this incremental offering over the last couple of weeks uh, to identify the missionaries that you want to support. All that information has been out there. Uh, you can mail a check, and we're not going to close this offering today. If you want to, if you've just hearing hearing about this now, uh, then you can write a check and mail it in, or online you can email to Mark and make sure he knows what your purpose is. And you can write on your palm frond uh, that we have. Um, you can write things you need to repent of. You can write things you need to obey. You can write your offering. Uh, it's just going to be between you and God because during the worship, we're going to bring the palm fronds up here and we're going to spread them on the altar. Just lay them down on the altar here. And again, nobody's going to read them. We are going to pray over them as a staff this week. Um, but that's between you and the Lord. Some will be uh, being baptized. Um, some will sense between now and then that they need to be baptized, as I mentioned earlier, then do that. And at the end of the service, we're going to accept our ambassadorial assignments, and I'm going to pray over you for anointing as ambassadors. And that brings us to part four, and this is really brief, but we have to recognize that this is not, we're not playing a religious game. This is not uh, a game. We are dealing with issues of eternal destiny. And Jesus tells them that this is for keeps. In fact, earlier in the Gospel of John, Jesus says this, whoever believes in John says about Jesus, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of the God's one and only Son. So we proclaim the gospel of Jesus that people, and we ask others to place their faith in Jesus to implore them to be reconciled to God. So the worship team's going to come up, and this is now going to be a time of response. 
There's going to be a lot going on in the church this morning um, as we are gathered together. But how do we respond? How do we join the mission? So first of all, we pray without ceasing. We give praise for what God's already doing. Receive the Holy Spirit. Declare the kingdom and the king's call to repent. Give generously from what you have. We never call on anybody here to give what they don't have. And then go everywhere with a life-saving mission mindset. So the worship team's going to lead us in worship. Take time to confess and to consecrate yourself before the Lord. Whatever you want to turn from, feel free to write that down on your palm frond. Bring those up when you're ready as declarations to God and put them here on the altar as your commitment to Him. Baptisms will be happening while we worship. Normally we all crowd over there, but we can't do that with COVID. So please do not crowd over there. It'll be, it should be up on the screens. And um, we will take the offering for missions as well. Um, and if you want to have a check and you want to leave that, put it in the box at the back here. When you're ready, take communion. Because as you've confessed and consecrated, you've been set right with God. And then as we conclude the service, I will come back after the worship is done. And I will have those who want to stand to be consecrated as ambassadors. So Jesus, come. Have your way with us. This is your time. This is your place. We honor you. We invite you, Lord. Do whatever you want with each one of us. The church agreed and said, Amen. Let's worship the Lord. Help us to worship in spirit and truth. Praise is rising, eyes are turning to you. Return to
afraid to face my day. In your presence, all our fears are washed away. Washed away. Rising up to 
take their place with selfless faith, selfless faith. I see a near revival stirring as we pray and see. with glory let it come let it come how we need you how we need you let it come let your spirit come beautiful name it is the name of Jesus Christ my King 
What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. You're the word at the beginning. One with God, the Lord Most High. Hidden glory and creation. And now revealed in you are Christ. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my what a beautiful name it is nothing compares to this what a beautiful name it is the name of jesus didn't want heaven without us so jesus you brought heaven down Sin was great and love was greater. What could separate us now? What a beautiful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a wonderful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus. What a wonderful name it is, the name of under heaven and earth that you can be saved but under the name death could not hold you felt all before you silenced the most of sin and grace heavens are roaring praise of your glory you are raised to life again. You have no right. You have no weakness. Now and forever, God, you reign. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the glory. Yours is the name. What a powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is. 
anybody else would like to be baptized, the baptismal is ready. If you haven't had communion yet, please come and have communion. There's two stations over here so you can stay apart. We're going to continue worshiping. And uh, bring your palm fronds up to the altar. Let's continue to worship.
have been so, so kind to me. Though the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God, oh, it chases me down, fights till I found, leaves the ninety-nine. I couldn't earn it, I don't deserve it. Till you give yourself away Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God Still your love for me You have been so, so good to me Oh, and I felt no worth I felt no worth You paid it all for me You have been so, so The overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me till I found these nights. I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself away. Yeah. 
after us. Coming after us, oh God. Like a hound of heaven. Come after the lost. Oh, you love us, God. You love us, God. For the overwhelming reckless love of God. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your endless, infinite, eternal, generous, amazing love, Lord. Father, we thank you for being with us today. Thank you for coming. Thank you for changing hearts and changing lives. Father, we lift the offering that has been given to our missionaries, Lord, today. We lift it to you, Lord. We thank you. Father, we ask that you would further your kingdom, further your glory, further your purposes with every penny. Lord, we thank you for the gift of the body and blood of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins. We thank you for coming for us, Lord. And we remember your death and we eagerly anticipate celebrating your victorious res resurrection next Sunday. Lord, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Before I dismiss you, I want to let you know that communion is still available for those who haven't had time to get that. Uh, the baptismal, we're going to keep it open for Easter Sunday. So let's be in prayer. And um, who knows how many people we're going to implore to be reconciled to God this week who will want to be baptized next week. Can we believe that together? Can we? All right. And um, now for those who want to be commissioned officially as ambassadors, just uh, be standing if you want to be commissioned as an ambassador today. And that's our benediction. Father, we thank you for anointing us ambassadors. And now in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, I anoint my brothers and sisters to be ambassadors for your glory, Lord. That as they go from here, they would have the fragrance of Christ. They would have the spirit of Christ. They would be sent with power to declare your kingdom this week. I pray these things in the name of Jesus. You are ambassadors. Amen? Amen. Have a blessed week. Hallelujah. Hosanna. Hosanna.